everybody, and welcome to the Fortress of Comic News, episode 184. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my magnificent co-host, Mike. Uh, he wants something from me. I don't know what it is, but he wants he's buttering me up. Come on. Uh, yeah, but I got I got a special announcement. We have an awesome interview today. Um, you got to you know you started the episode, but we got to keep you here. So today on the show we have Joshua Kasara, the Breaker of Storms. Uh, he's worked on so much cool, so many cool things. Um, I'm sure you've come across like some stuff he's done with Venom. Uh, I mean, he's done Captain Marvel stuff. He's done Star- a little bit of Star Wars, Tie Fighter, X Force. I mean, come on. That's his ongoing book right now. If you've been reading that, you've been seeing his art. Uh, the Century, Falcon, a couple issues. And I think he just did uh, X of Swords, right, Chris? He did an X of Swords issue as a part of X Force. And I got to say, it was hands down the best issue. Like, yeah. He, it's a whole story about Storm going back to Wakanda, and it's all about her relationships with the Wakandans. Um, and it's just an amazing issue. So. On its own, that issue honestly stands on its own. You don't really need the the event to understand what's going on, other than right. the fact to know that, like, hey, Storm needs a, a sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, you can get that by context. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's a great issue, and I yeah, as we're talking, I'm just like, oh yeah, he did this book, or he was a part of this book that I read, and this yeah. book that I read, and yeah, and and they just got the Stormbreaker thing, and I'm yeah. I could be happier because it couldn't happen to a nicer dude. Yeah, such a cool guy. So uh, stay tuned very shortly for that that awesome interview. And if you see behind me, if you're looking at our lovely faces, behind me is the uh, Avengers number 40 variant cover. He's worked on this amazing Black Panther cover. Like, awesome. Um, not a whole lot of news before we get to the interview, but uh, what did drop kind of came out of nowhere, the, uh, the movie news. I know we've talked about it, like how big is the following? Is there even a fan base for it? Um, but Michael B. Jordan is, was rumored to be one of the producers on an upcoming Static Shock movie, and then he later took to Twitter this week to confirm that. So it's in the works. Um, what do you think? I, I mean, Static Shock, the cartoon, has a following. Oh, yeah. I, I know there's I a lot of people it. love that. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Um, my opinion aside, like there's a lot of people that really like it, but he had this quote that really... I thought put it all together for me personally as mm-hmm. to why he wants to be involved with it. Yep. So this is uh, off of comicbook.com, but it's him actually talking to THR. He says, I'm proud to be a part of building a new universe centered around black superheroes. Our community deserves it. Outlier societies, wait, outlier societies committed to bringing to life diverse comic book characters across all platforms. And we are excited to partner with Reggie and Warner on this initial step. So I, he pretty much confirms that he's producing this this movie, or at least is yeah. a big part of it. Right. And I think he hit something big there that, although I'm not a big fan of this character, he hit something big there. It's a universe centered around a black superhero, and yeah. I think that's important. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. right now more than ever, and I, I mean, I'm in to watch it. I, you know, I grew up watching Static Shock, so... I, I still hear that intro, the the music, static, static, but I won't, I won't do it. I, I won't curse everybody with my awful Give voice. Give me Batman Beyond, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So with that, we're gonna jump to this awesome interview with Josh Kasara, and uh, we'll see everybody on the other side of that. 
Welcome back, everybody. Today we have another special guest for you all. Welcome to the show, the Stormbreaker himself, Josh Casera. Who's the show, Josh? <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks so much yeah. for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And I, I know we were talking, you know, Stormbreakers, but I, I like to refer to you as the Breaker of Storms. Go with, like, the Game of Thrones twist on it. But I, I think it sounds a little more badass myself, but I don't know. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I, like I, I think I tweeted out, I'm, I'm making my wife only call me Stormbreaker from now on. So. <laughs> I would do the same thing. She yeah. slipped and called me. She slipped and called me Stormtrooper the other day. Uh, I didn't mind too much though. <laughs> I mean that, yeah, that, that that's pretty cool too. I guess I don't know, but like then you kind of fall into like everybody looks like a Stormtrooper, and there's no really individuality there, right? So I don't know yeah. if that's a yeah. But anyways, thanks for being on the show, man. Um, we got so much to talk about. You've done so much for Marvel, a lot of cool things, but give us your origin story. We like to talk about that a little bit. Like, have you always had a love for comics early on? What made you want to draw comics and, you know, Marvel specifically? Like, have you, were you always a Marvel fan? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I've been reading comics. I'm sure you know, I had some little whatever comics, but I, the first, I literally bought a, a at the local, it was like a liquor store, but a corner convenience store, mm-hmm. uh, Spinner Rack, when I was eight years old, I, I bought an issue of Gru. It was Gru number 57. Uh-huh. Uh, I still have it, too. And that was the first one. And I would pick up, like, I would go, you know, every time I, if I saw a new issue of Gru, but then i pick up some other things. My brother would pick up some other, a lot more of the, cool. my brother's like three years older than me, so he wanted something a little more. You know, he, he I remember he eventually got, when he, kind of like comic collecting he got wolverine number one like the one where yeah. wolverine's just stacked on top of all those dudes yeah and so from there on like we would go there was a comic book store not too far away and every once in a while my mom would take us and i would i wouldn't even buy a lot of the new stuff i would just spend my money on the like the quarter bins or even back then it was probably like the the, the 10 cent bins and so i'd always read comics and been pretty into them i really liked the fantastic four uh my but then then the, like the the just before the image boom happened, you know, with when, when everyone started, you know, Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld and Tom McFarlane were really rocking it. Of course, that was like my coming of age. Yep. So, uh, and then when Marvel or when, uh, when image hit and all that, of course I, I just eat it all up and spent all my milk money on that. Yep. So I've always loved that. I would always draw and I've always drawn and I would try to copy that kind of stuff. And, you know, when I was little, I was like, Oh, I did want to, you know, I'd love to be a comic. I mean, those guys were rock stars. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's that. But I, I love drawing too, and I was encouraged growing up to draw. Uh, but I didn't. I never like took it super seriously. It was always just like a hobby of mine. But I always read comics at the same time, and I would draw other things. But my heart was always with comics. Mm. And, and I think I kind of tried. I finally got some like actual comic-sized papers and boards. Yep. I think about towards the end of high school or something like that. I remember one of my high school. I, I had like a high school art class, and I did a, like a ten-page Spawn story. Mm. Uh, and, and and I did some stuff and I think like, oh, I, maybe I can do this, but it just, I didn't really study it enough. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't realize how much work went into it. You know, if, if a page took me more than two to three hours, I think like, oh, this is, I'm over it. And I didn't realize, <laughs> you know, and then I would be like, why does mine look so terrible compared right. to, to right. the big boys? So, yeah. uh, I've just always drawn and, and, and I went to college. I didn't go to art school or anything. Mm-hmm. And I went to college down and I moved down to San Diego and lived there and worked there uh always reading comics would always go to san diego comic-con i had been going to comic-con since i was 13 mm-hmm. so i'm still always just into it you know uh, but on the art so, side it's not really, really quick uh about san diego comic-con especially since you said you've been going since you were 13 is it 
is it weird to see like how it was back then to where we are now with San Diego Comic-Con? Like, yeah, of course. I mean, well, literally like the time when I went, when I was 13, they only used about half the convention. Right. Before, yeah. Which is but it tough. still was ginormous. You know, it mm-hmm. still looked, so it's, it's always seemed so big to me anyway. Mm-hmm. And then right. it was when you used to be able to, 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 buy, to, to register that day, literally walk up. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. you could literally turn around. There would be a booth right there, and you could turn around and just pay for your next year's, and just go, okay, well, I'm good for next year, and I just walk up next year and all. <laughs> but oh, then there, be, there was a year, and it was probably around 2008, and it's where they literally it was already sold. Like they didn't even do that anymore, and then mm-hmm. it became just this insane. How do you even get a ticket? Right now, it's a lottery. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. I, I, is it is it cool for you to be like I mean obviously you're signing books now and stuff but like is it cool for you to be on the other side of that like for- of course it's it's weird yeah uh, it's totally weird and and being a comic artist you're you're really it's you're really isolated here you know you you work from home it's not mm-hmm. like you really see it and every once in a while maybe go on like a free comic book day or I did a signing like on the day like X Force One came out, you know, yep. basically mm-hmm. a year ago, and then you really kind of get to see it and the people who do read it, and you get some feedback and stuff. So, but it, it's it's weird. You kind of work in a vacuum, and you yeah. don't sense it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't feel like you always made it. You're just grinding away and, and hoping for the best. Yeah, uh, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, so I, I started drawing. I was still always drawing. I started dating the woman who's now my wife and Mm -hmm. she saw some of my old drawings and I had some like comic stuff and she's like, these are really cool. Why didn't you ever try that? And uh, it was just one of those things. "Ah, I don't know. Maybe I will give it like another go. And I was getting older and I was like, this is something I I would like to do. And I was still reading them avidly. And I just sat down and just started drawing. I, I, I took my time and started studying the craft in I worked all nights and everything like that. I would work till like three, four in the morning. And then I would just only sleep until at latest maybe nine or ten and get up and just draw all day and then go to work and wow. just kept trying to build it up so real quick you say you got back into it when you're older and decided to really give it a shot what was the age that you considered to be older that you got into it well i mean i'm i'm re- i mean i was reaching i was late late 20s so okay um you know as far as drawing and trying to do something with it and i I gave myself a little bit of a challenge. I wrote myself a little 30-page silent book and gave myself a deadline, gave myself like a two-month deadline um, to, you know, while I was working and everything and to draw it. And it was just my own little story as, uh, you know, self-printed or, or whatever I wanted to do and just to challenge myself. And I did it. And it was like the moment I was done, I'm like, I want to do this. Like telling a story is awesome. Like I can't wait to tell more stories. And I would like to write some too, but even just pair up with artists or, I mean, writers. And I it was extremely addicting and yeah. now, now, so like, I love, like, I'm like, I'm doing a lot more, starting to do a lot more cover work now, but I really still love doing the interiors and telling a story. Yeah. That's just a, I, I like to tell people that because we had, I hope I called him on a bunch, but the first time we had him, he told the story and he was in his like mid to late thirties when he wrote, um, hundred bullets. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's important to me to put that out there because it's like, I'm in my 30s. Mike, you're you two yeah, years I'm younger approach- than me. Yeah, I'm approaching. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's never too late, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and gals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was really fortunate. I mean, it, you just had to. I just had to plug away too. I just it's something I put my head to, mm-hmm. um, and I said I wanted to do this, and 
I, you know, I, I cut out some social life and stuff. I worked, yeah. I worked, like I said, long nights and, and worked in a very social atmosphere, but I, I kind of cut a lot of that off just to, just to get better and try so you, to do this. So you found out it took more than a few hours to complete a page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah dude, I grind. It's, it's crazy. So, but yeah. I, you know, I, would, I, I got some portfolio stuff together and I would show it around. I would go to San Diego Comic Con or you put myself a little bit online. And eventually I got um, an editor named Steve White at Titan Comics. Uh, I kind of made him look at my work and he, didn't, he seemed a little perturbed at first, but then he yeah. liked that, really liked it. Uh, you know, gave me his contact info. And so within the next year, I was already kind of working some stuff with um, Titan Books. I was doing some Doctor Who covers. Cool. I did a, a, a creator own book with Noel Clark in England um, called The Troop. And I got an email. Actually, I think. Even the week before the first issue of The Troop came out, I got an email from um, Tom Brevoort in the Avengers office to uh, oh, see nice. if I was interested in coming over to Marvel, which was yeah. – I mean, it's it's like getting called up to the Yankees or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I swear. yeah, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it at all. Right. And right. so there's a lot of luck involved. I mean, yeah, you work your butt off, but there's just timing and who knows what confluence of events, how he saw through Twitter, saw something I was doing. You know? Yeah. And, and I mean, you talk about doing cover work now. I mean, behind me, we got your variant for Avengers forty coming out. Um, but like, how are you? How are you balancing that uh, that cover work with like interiors? Is it just like, okay, hey, you got a cover to do now? While you're yeah, working on well, a book, now, now I'm on a regular schedule um, mm-hmm. cover wise. Like I'm I'm the regular cover artist on X Force now. They had Dustin Weaver doing these awesome covers. So I think yep. up to like fifteen, and I'm starting. To, I'm taking over and doing on fifteen. So I'm doing the interiors on X Force. Yep. And the covers, and then Stormbreakers, we're going to be doing a regular set of covers as well. You know, just kind of pro- maybe, maybe not quarterly, maybe a little bit more than that, but we'll be doing those. And then some of the other offices, you know, every couple of weeks you get emails from other offices like, hey, we got variants on this or that. Uh, I'm going to be doing, like the Venom office called me. I'm going to be doing one next weekend or something. I'm working on uh, X-Force 17 cover, I think, right now. That's my weekend project. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like I already, I already didn't feel like I had enough time. For it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, but you, got more you don't want to pass up on that, and you find yeah. ways to carve out the time. Well, yeah. it's it's twenty twenty. It's the the year the time stood still. So you got all the time in the world. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, as I tell everybody, I mean, with, with everything shutting down, my life has not changed. Like, oh, yeah, a, a lick. I'm I'm already home all the time anyway. So it, even it just, even yeah. prior to all of that, um, you also you did work with the uh, Star Wars Tie Fighter series as well. Was that just covers, or did you do interiors for that? I forget. No, I, I only did I only did like a five page story. What happened was I had finished work on I they had me jump on I think I did the Sentry, and then I jumped into the they called me into the Venom office to to back up um, uh, Ryan and. Uh, on uh, on a couple issues of Venom, uh, I think yep. while well, Ryan was uh, going off to do like the Absolute Carnage stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. so they had me in the Venom office, which was I mean super awesome, but yeah, tough act right. to follow. Uh, yeah. And they, I think they really liked me there. And I started to do work. I was waiting on a script for I was going to do like a thirty-page Venom one-shot, and they they threw me the Star Wars office threw me this little thing, and I did that. And it seemed like afterwards they seemed pretty happy with it. And then I think they liked me in the Venom office. And I got a call up from from Ricky Perdin, who's uh, kind of oversees uh, Marvel talent. And they mm-hmm. kind of asked me, "Do you want to do you want to go in the Star Wars universe, or do you want to stay in the the uh, Marvel?" Um, and I, I ended up picking the Marvel. It's kind of where my heart was at as far as drawing. I love Star Wars. Don't get me wrong, right. but I yeah. drawing it. I, I, I just my heart was more with the, the Marvel set. So I think that's when they were kind of considering me to do to jump onto X Force. Uh, and that's why they wanted to kind of feel me out on where I wanted to be. 
And I had started working on that Venom story when they called me up. They're like, hey, you want to come on and do X-Force number one with Ben Percy and Jonathan Hickman's uh, Don of X-Air? And I'm, I'm already a big fan, so I was yeah, all in. Right. So I'll, I'll do one question on Hickman. Yeah. He's, he's overseeing most of the X-Men stuff right now. Like, how integral is he on the day-to-day on, like, your book, for, per se, where he's not necessarily writing it, but it is a part of his overall X-Men story? I mean, he sees everything that comes in. I... I don't deal with them as much as Ben was, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they have meetings weekly uh, at, at the least. And the, plus they have their own little slack that they're going back and forth. So just even day to day, anybody's ideas go back and forth and emails and stuff. So that's, you know, if you ever talk to Ben, he can probably get you more on that. But I know that sometimes we pitch things. A lot of the, a lot of things that have happened in X-Force have been my ideas too, where Ben and I kind of workshop them together. And then we'll be like, okay, we'll throw that to the group. We'll throw that to Hickman. We'll throw it to Jordan White. Um, and see what they say and will you get the thumbs up or not. So he, I mean, I know they're in communication the whole time. I mean, he lets everybody, you know, you got to tell your, you got to tell your story. Um, right. But there's an over, obviously he is this overarching where we're going to go with it. You know, that he, he, he plays the long game. Yeah. I picture his uh, overarching story to be uh, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny with the the board connecting everything <laughs> together. I know yeah. oh, he probably looks like, or like a serial killer that has like yeah. everything. Yeah. Like that, for sure. I, not to go too much on Hickman, but I remember when he did Manhattan Projects, and it was like a big deal that he's like, I didn't plot this one out, guys. We're just going to see where it goes. <laughs> that was but, a time. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so you and, you and Ben working together on X-Force, it sounds yeah. like that's very collaborative on his end as well as yours. Like, how's that book gone? Um, how much of your ideas has have gotten through to the final story? Uh, dude, um, he, he's... He's great, man. Like, it's so funny how, like, how we just hit it off right away. I've, I've, I've been fortunate to work with a lot of really great writers. And I mean, just it, we're, we're about, we're about the same age. We have the same sensibilities and, uh, the same sense of humor and where we draw from. And so, and he's just, well, he's a badass writer. The guy knows how to give the characters voices. He knows how to mix like a nice mix of the humor and the action. Um, and he's, so open to like any and all of my ideas, how bad they are, you know, like he will incorporate them. He'll at least entertain them for me so I can feel happy. But I mean, he really does almost literally what I'm drawing now, like the last, the last issue I just drew, the next issue I drew is something I think I had kind of pitched to him and he just makes it work. And then, you know, I mean, he feeds it up to the chain, but he, he's the guy who can put it all together, you know, and I'll have my goofy ideas of maybe, Hey, where do you want to go? What, what do you want to draw? And he makes it work and it's incredible. Anything from, you know, I've talked about it before, like the, the big uh, green lagoon and, uh, and X-Force number nine, that was originally a nugget. I had an idea oh, because, awesome. because I had seen in X-Force number one, they had like a cafeteria on the moon and I'm just like, Oh, cool. Like they have their own cafeteria, but they, they would have like a cantina, like a Moss Eisley cantina. Kind yeah. Of, right. Crack- you know yeah. so i think that week i literally shot him a big long text we text all day long and yeah. right uh just kind of like hey i want to do this little like bar this is where everyone if we got all the we got all the villains and the, and the heroes all these mutants together like yeah. they would have a place where they'd all hang out and so i want to do this big crazy jeff darrowy scene and i thrown it out at him and he's like oh man that sounds really cool and like a week or two later he's like all right we're good we're gonna do it so <laughs> That's so interesting to me because we've like we've heard uh, from a lot of writers and artists about like the creative process and stuff like that. And I I don't know. I haven't heard of something being so collaborative. I mean, usually a lot of the times you'll get a script. Right. And it's like draw the script. Look at this. Look at the look at the panel layout and stuff like that. But 
this seems like it's it's something that's you know happening day by day, and it sounds really cool. It, it is super clever. He's like, hey, I've got a I've got to do issue eighteen coming up. I've got to at least get an outline in, mm-hmm. you know, because they approve those sort of things. Is there anything, any idea as far as you know? He might have already have some basic structure. Mm-hmm. This, but is there anything? He might have something already pretty laid out, but is there any ideas you have to jump in there? You know, do you want to do? Or sometimes he's kind of free, like, hey, where do you want to go for this one? You know, and it's great. He'll come back and totally incorporate what you know if if, if my idea has any kind of merit, um, even if they're like they're kind of stupid. I think he finds a way to still use it maybe to make me happy. Yeah, keep you at bay. Yeah, So, but okay. I love like getting a script from him anyway. I wouldn't mind. I got even if I didn't have any input because mm-hmm. I think. He's a fantastic writer, and he's got. We're you know we're, we're already talking like things about a year from now, like where oh, cool. on the road what we want to do. Uh, and he's got you know he's on Wolverine, and so he's he's got Wolverine and and, and X Force. Uh, he's also writing one of the podcasts, and yep. he's busy. And he writes horror books. Oh yeah, yeah. I just hear drawing Black Tom and. <laughs> my team over here every day so so i mean is, is there any like character you love to draw like every you know every, every scene with a certain character you're just like oh damn i can't wait to to draw the scene or something yeah well he gives you know when he give the moment like give the character a moment at like a time to shine yeah because he's so good at giving the character's voice i do mm-hmm. actually like doing a lot of the characters i I've, I've i've been able to draw more colossus now i in the early part of the run he was kind of m.i.a Mm-hmm. You know, I knew he was part of the team, and he was kind right. of knocked out and stuff, and I didn't really get a chance to draw him, and, and I had to take a break for the, because of the schedule. Yep. Uh, now I'm able to get to draw him a lot more. I'm really pumped up to draw him. He's just any big-bodied character is really fun to draw anyway. Yeah. And he's a big metal Russian dude. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but the personality he gives, a lot of people and I talk about a lot, you know, Black Tom Cassidy was kind of like whatever, and now we've just given him a ton of personality, like the way he has him talk and act, and I hope that I can match it with the right mannerisms and and uh, make it all work. So yeah. it's everybody. I just did Ten of Swords stuff. I just did two issues of Ten of Swords. Yeah. Uh, and I got to draw a lot of characters that I wouldn't use. You know, I, I, I got to draw a lot of Storm, which mm-hmm. I was really, I was kind of, I did a Storm cover and I've always liked the character, but after drawing her a bunch right now, like I'm all about drawing Storm. I got to draw some magic and then a bunch of these crazy uh, sword bearers in Morocco. Uh, so I, I guess I, my question too, is, since we're talking about the sword stuff now, um is how how does that work are you just like are you given free reign to draw the swords however you want or is there like specific oh, no, no, no. No, no. All, yeah everything's yeah. lined up I, there's every sword has been designed and oh it's all pre-designed okay wow oh, yeah it's all like it's you know and plus you want everything to kind of match up because you have a lot of artists drawing things all at the same time right um you know there's some the overlap so we want to have some kind of harmony i did just draw there was a big mistake. I can't really describe what it was, but something happens in my first issue that definitely affects um, uh, an appearance of another of a character in the next issue. But it's like mm-hmm. it's like it didn't even happen. I I drew yeah. like the whole next issue like this change hadn't happened. Right. And so I get an email even this couple days ago like, hey, uh, we're gonna have to have some patches on there. But everybody else on down the line had already drawn the same uh, thing. So we're oh, all having okay. to change change it back. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, I got a big tons of reference for everything that had been drawn and designed before so we're all on the same page okay yeah it's when uh they came out with a lot of the stuff for x of swords especially when they spoilers to anyone that hasn't read into it but the original four horsemen of the apocalypse are in this and i looked at those designs i'm like those are 
Hickman designed them. (laughs) There's no doubt in my mind that he was behind the design on that because they really fit his style. So it does not surprise me he did that. For sure. Well, him and like and Pepe Larraz are, I think, like a match made. Pepe Larraz, I think he's just, I think he's doing the best work in comics. I, I think he's perfect in, in the mutant world, too. And he's just, he makes everything look good. He's yeah. also the best name in comics. Oh, yeah. Of course. No offense, but Pepe, like, that's just such a <laughs> okay. great name. Great I got name. it. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. But he, like, I got, when I first got, I mean, even when I first got asked to do X-Force, they, were, they already showed me. They sent me all the art for for House House of Ten and Powers mm-hmm. of Sense. I saw Arby's and Pepe's art already oh, okay. like already finished like the first one or two issues, and it's just it it became extremely intimidating. The same both inspiring uh, and yeah. Yeah, because right. they're so good. Mm-hmm. And, and the same thing even happened again with the Ten of Swords stuff. They're like, okay, you're going to do this set. You're doing Wolverine Seven and X Force Fourteen. This happened. This is what happens along the timeline. But here's the stuff that uh, Pepe has already drawn. Here's the first book, mm-hmm. and it's just again, it's it's one of those. It's just mind blowing. I get to see like just the black and white work and some of the things, and uh, it. But it but it makes you want to ra- uh, raise your game. And I see the list of all the artists that are on, so you don't want to be the you know you don't want to be the, the weak <laughs> yeah. link. In all yeah, you don't want to be dogging it for, the, <laughs> for, for everyone for sure. else. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So. We talked on the show last week about what like the Stormbreakers or as it used to be called Young Guns yep. means from a a Marvel Comics fan myself. What does that mean to be a part of that from for you for the artist? Well, I mean, the first Young Guns was probably 2004, 2005, 2006. I'm not exactly sure, but I remember. I mean, it was like even like Steve McNiven and Oh yeah. I don't know the Neil U was in that first class or just like maybe the next class. And we're talking just even then you're, you're blown away by the art. I, I did draw, I wasn't actively hardcore drawing comics, but I did draw and I still read comics and I would buy that extra issue that would just have their sketches and things like mm-hmm. that and obsess over them. So, I mean, even to con- be considered in like a subsequent class is amazing. And there, you know, there's Jim Chung, Ryan Stegman, Pepe Larras, uh, Mike Del Mundo, like, just such incredible artists with their own styles and it, it it means a lot just to even be kind of recognized in that way, you know. And and for Marvel to, you know, I I, I signed an exclusive with Marvel yep. uh, just earlier this year, just to and it kind of coincided with all that. And you know, I was already committed to you know X Force and everything like that. So it, it means a lot, man. I, it's it's still like we still are working in our dungeon, so I don't feel yeah. as much. But I'm now we're doing like a lot more. You know, we just had some of that media stuff come out. I just did a, like a Marvel live draw. I don't know if you saw last week. Yeah, uh, I did see that. Their mm-hmm. YouTube channel and their Twitter and stuff. And and now I'm getting set to do like another cover. I've got to send in stuff, a little more personal stuff about me. And, you know, like you take photos and mm-hmm. some sketches, your old sketches. You, you know, I got to send in like a sketch I did in 1992, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, so which is really cool. I had to call my mom. I'm like, Mom, I know you have some of my old stuff, and she had to dig out some of my. I had like a like a bad venom wearing a wizard uh, hat. Uh, <laughs> I had like a That's bad awesome. thing, uh, like a wannabe uh, Rob Liefeld drawing, and it was like an amalgam of all his like villains and characters. You know, one giant shoulder pad here, yep. a gun, this wild yeah. gun and a helmet and i was gonna say did anyone have like long hair because i was like the the 90s all the yeah, characters oh, stuff. yeah hey out the helmet with some flowing mullet yeah the mullet oh, up yeah. the back of the helmet oh sure. yeah i could yeah, yeah i could see it dial points 1992 man yep yep uh, so I, it, it's it's awesome and, and and the group you know it's it's from around the world uh, you've got a bunch of them from from spain brazil you have 
Peach in Japan, and she's got. I like just the different styles going on with them too. Yeah. And Carmen and and Ibon, what he does on uh, on uh, Venom is so dynamic and so incredible. Uh, of his work, and him and I have a really good back and forth, like online or even through emails. He's a super nice guy. And the same thing. The, there's kind of like that friendly competition. Like I see how good their art is when they first brought in like those uh, those pinups and those this set of covers. Like, you right. know, saw, saw Carmen's cover of Kitty Pride like coming through the like what like, it's it's mind blowing. You're going, oh my god! Like why didn't I think of something cool like that? Yeah, great. Uh, I was I was happy. I, I'm stoked. I got to do Black Panther. I think he was on the top of my list. Uh, oh yeah, wants to draw for that. So it's it's an honor. You know, it's you know they it, it's a vote of confidence too because. Mm-hmm. Most artists are pretty uh, not very confident in their own work, you know. We, we second guess ourselves all the time, so it helps give you like, okay, you know, what, you're you're on the right track. Okay, really cool. So um, it sounds like you're on X Force for the long haul, uh, yeah. and good because the book's awesome. Thank you. But uh, you know, we're one, two, eight years down the line. Whenever that is, you're done with X Force, and Marvel says. Pick your poison. Who do you want? What's the character you want to touch before you leave Marvel? I hate these questions. Uh, <laughs> you got to do one of the generic interview questions. I mean, well, you know, I said it the other day with like the live draw. I got to draw the thing, and I love yeah. I I love the Fantastic Four. Right. I, I I don't think my art style is like. I don't think you look at me and go like they put RB RB Silva's on um, Fantastic Four, and I think he's perfect for for Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, I, I always I just always bug Tom Brevoort to let let me just do one fill in issue at some point. So uh, like I'll email him once a year. Just let me know I'm ready to do just one issue of Fantastic Four. So yeah. I always want to do that. And I got to like I said I got to do the just the thing in the live drawing. I've always yeah. loved the way he looked when I was a kid in the in the quarter bin. I would buy some really old issues of Fantastic Four and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the late '90s, early 2000s, I think Carlos Pacheco was drawing him, and I love the way he draw the thing and, and Sue Storm. Uh, so that's one of them. But I, I mean, I've already jumped around. I, I got I got to draw the the Avengers in one splash page. I got to draw like Iron Man and Captain America. It was in one of the Sentry issues. Mm-hmm. I got to draw the Sentry. I got to draw Venom. Um, I, you know, I've done Spider Man on a cover. That's right. I forgot all about. Oh, oh. we, we skipped over Century. Yeah, uh, we, yeah that was a great series. Oh, uh, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was fun. I got it to jump in uh, and help out with that one with Jeff Lemire and uh, Kim Asinto. Um, You know, probably uh, the, the Hulk. Uh, I'm a big fan of big body characters like that. Yeah, you said, yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. I could, draw, I could draw him all day long. <laughs> Just what half a page is one bicep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Like, uh, so I, I got to ask you now. I mean, you you placed yourself strate- strategically in front of it. What's going on behind you with all these sketches? Is this just your, uh, your storyboard, or is this like what's this is a mix of this is a mix of my daughter and I? It's, oh, okay. Uh, it's like she'll see something I draw and be like, "Oh, I really like that," and she'll pin it. She'll I just have painters tape and it's it's yeah hard. yeah. Um, and she'll pick one that I that I drew that she likes that goes up on the on the and then something that she drew like the glittery faces and then a lot of times she'll ask me I don't know if you can see over this way too is like yeah Magneto and, and Captain America she'll yep. ask me to draw there's there's Wolverine she'll ask me to draw a character so I'll do a quick line line sketch and then she'll yeah. come in and make them fun so it's kind of our instead of our refrigerator we got the side because like my desk is right here this is where yeah. I work and this is all up here that's awesome. Some people have nice, fancy framed art. Instead, I just have everything up by uh, blue That's tape. Right. 
Yeah, that that works too, though. I don't know. That makes it that's, it makes it yours, you know. Like, and that's gonna be great too. Like the little one getting involved in what you do and like having. I mean, it's it's not too difficult when you're doing comic books, but it's still it's got to be fun that she's involved with it somewhat. Oh, it's cool. I mean, I like I said, the Green Lagoon thing. I have. I just got some prints in for it, and I had it up. Um, just kind of taped up, and she's now like learned. She would ask all the characters, and now she can identify them. And I'll be like, "Okay, where's Blob?" She'd immediately pick out Blob or Rose, Emma Frost. It's pretty cool. Like she now she knows so many characters, which is really really cool. But she sits here like my office. Half of the half of it's just basically her playroom, but she can be here the whole time I'm working, so I get to watch her grow up and be yeah. with her every single moment of her life. So that's really which cool. is, yeah, I, I can't. I can't really trade that for anything. You know, there's yeah. these long days. I'll pull all nighters sometimes still. Uh, I was pretty kind of sick yesterday. And so I'm kind of backed up on a cover, mm-hmm. and, but I don't, you know, I don't have to go anywhere. I'll be here. You know, she'll come, I'll get up early and work and she'll come walking in all sleepy and just crawl up and curl up on the couch uh, in the yeah. office. Yeah. That's cool. I, again, I can't, I wouldn't change that for anything. That's awesome. Now, I mean, you got all the um, Stormbreaker promotion stuff going on, but I mean, this, let's just give the, I mean, I'm sure the listeners know who you are by this point, but oh, I mean, what, what projects are you lined up with right now? Like wh- what's the next covers we can expect from you? Um, uh, like I said, I'm the regular, I'm the regular cover artist on X-Force. You'll see, you'll see those yep. um, regular. Um, I've got, I just didn't, I don't even know what offices it's for. I've, <laughs> so like I said, some of them are going to be set as Stormbreaker variants, officially okay. Stormbreaker mm-hmm. variants. And then, yep. There's just other covers that other offices are like, hey, you got time? You know, yeah. uh, we'd love to do a cover. We got this idea. Like I said, the Venom office had a really cool one. I have a great rapport with those guys, and mm-hmm. they'll, they'll come back at me here and there. And, and I got a really cool one I'm going to draw next weekend. So I've got that. I'm set to draw X Force. You know, as long as as long as uh, I mean, we I think you know the way with Ben and I, they want to keep us all together through what. What Jonathan Hickman wants to do, mm-hmm. and keep and wrap up this whole thing. So I mean, I'm and we're looking for of quite a while, you yeah. know, at least a couple of years, so at least a couple more years. So I'll be doing that, and I, I love it. It's cool. I mean, at least because I'm not just drawing one character. We're going to focus right. on. I have an upcoming issue that we're going to focus on Quentin Choir. And the yeah. guy doesn't get a lot of love, and you know, he's going to get his a time to shine on an issue, and and we'll go to different characters. So. That's kind of fun. I, I I have eight characters on my team plus a whole another island of mutants and right. people Whole in and out. Stuff, yeah, correct. Yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm not going to get really bored. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. And uh, I've got an issue of um, the Wolverine, uh, Black, White, and Blood. Black, mm-hmm. White, and Blood. Yeah, so, I it, that that I I read that. I'm like that title is so badass. Like, yeah, on. it's cool. You know, <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's it's uh, Adam Kubert. Um, yep. Declan Shalvey and I do the first issue, and then they have other ones. I mean, you've got like you know, Donny Cates writing mm-hmm. you know, issues, and you see like another a bunch, a whole other set of amazing artists. I'm so happy to get one of the chapters in the in the first one. It's a really cool like Cold War uh, spy tale that uh, that Matt Rosenberg and I did. So That's really cool. cool. And just black and white. I usually draw with some uh, gray tones and some some shades of gray, so it kind of already works as the way I normally work anyway. Uh, just to have it in black and white. Cool. Really cool, man. So, if uh, if our follow- or our listeners want to follow you further, where's the best place to send them? Uh, I'm uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter Joshua Casera. You'll see me. That's where I'm the most active. My wife just started like an Instagram for me because she's mm-hmm. all about the grams, I guess. And just, like, finally got <laughs> to do it. transition, Josh. You got to. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I've got to. Uh, I've got to show pictures of you're a picture guy. Come on, sourdough bread and and uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Give him a few weeks, everybody. He'll be on TikTok. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope not. Please don't make yeah. me download it. <laughs> yeah, so the Instagram, I think it's Joshua D. It's like Joshua D. Casera. Um, I'm not as active because it's just not, but I'm going to try to get more and more. Uh, you can find me there, and you can message me about anything. Like I'm, I think my DMs are open, so if cool. anybody has messaged me about original art or uh, podcasts like this, you know, I think I'm uh, more bread than happy recipes, to. Recipes, sourdough bread recipes. I don't know. I don't yeah. know I need some of those, but yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for being on the show, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, look forward to reading more um, awesome books from you, man, X-Force and whatever you got coming up. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah. Thanks, man. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Chris here. Just want to take a quick break from the show to remind you all that if you go to fortressofcomicnews.com, there's a banner at the top for Amazon. If you use that Amazon banner, we get a little kickback from it as an advertising fee. So if you do any of your purchases on Amazon, we would really appreciate it if you would use our banner to do all your purchases. That way you can help out the show, help out us, and get all the awesome things you buy on Amazon, including comics, DVDs, everything. So remember, go to fortresscomicnews.com and use that Amazon banner on the top. Thank you all so much for listening, and let's move on to the rest of the show. We are on the other side. Yeah, you probably want to hear what we have to say after listening to him talk. I mean, and you know, we stopped recording and we talked to him for a little bit more after that. Yeah, we we get some inside details. No, not really, but um, just a such a, a very cool, humble guy. Um, love to have him back on the show sometime. And yeah, please support him and all he's doing. I know I'm. I wasn't reading X-Force. I told Chris this off air. I wasn't reading X-Force before the interview. I'm going to be reading X-Force now. I mean, I did like the art and just to meet such a cool guy. And he's just, you know, like you said, couldn't happen to a nicer dude. And I mean, his art is fantastic. So it's, uh, it's a uh, very well-deserved. Yeah, sure. it's, not, it's nice to hear the creative process is happening, especially yep. in the big two. Uh, yeah. Book. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice how they're bringing all these people, especially across, you know, continents too. It's like, that's awesome. Marvel's doing some good stuff there. And uh, speaking of that, why don't we just jump into the comic book news? Why don't we? Oh, okay. We got a <laughs> lot of DC news to get there. I, uh, I yeah. was a little excited for it. I don't know. But um, it's almost like New 52 happening all over again. <laughs> uh, or convergence. Oh, God. No, let's not go there. <laughs> I remember... Uh, we won't talk about it. Marvel announced a bunch of new tie-ins for the upcoming King and Black event for this winter. Uh... First, writer Matthew Rosenberg and artist Juan Ferreira are bringing back the Thunderbolts with a three-new issue series. Three-issue series. New three-issue series. Second is an anthology series called King and Black Planet of the Symbiotes. Um, this anthology will three issues and introduce new characters, bring back fan-favorite characters, as well as set up key moments for the King and Black series. Uh, next is a one-shot called King of Black, Black Knight, written by Simon Spurrier, with art by Jesus Saiz, and will feature the ebony blade-wielding Black Knight fighting Noel's army of symbiote dragons. Holy shit. I'm buying that one. <laughs> Are you kidding me? thousand percent. I'm oh my that. god, I'm buying a thousand issues of that. What? Why does First, it not... I love Black Knight. Like, yeah, right. Everybody's going to love Black Knight soon. Right. And I, I love him. And the idea of him, like, if you're going to bring, you're bringing Noel... Yeah. We already know that Noel has symbiote dragons. Of course. So who do we have fighting dragons? Who slays a dragon at night? Right. Yeah. You had to do it. You had yeah, to do I it. can't wait for that. 
Uh, I'm actually, I got to read that. That sounds so awesome. They should have, <laughs> like, King of Black should have just been that every issue. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, and then the last, we got a one, another one shot titled King of Black, Gwenum versus Carnage, written by uh, Sean and McGuire with art by Flaviano. Um, yeah, I'm not as excited for the Gwenum versus Carnage. But so. <laughs> Okay, Thunder. I love Thunderbolts. I'll check that out. Yeah, uh, the anthology series is going to have uh, stories by Donny Cates, so I will probably check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I already committed. I'm buying that Black Knight book. Oh yeah, the last one. Nah, Gwenum. <laughs> I'm I'm sure there's a Gwenum fan out there, and they're excited. Good for you. <laughs> I'm not that person. So, yep. but I, I think this King and Black event, like. The tie-in cool. books are sounding really cool. Like yeah, we got like, yeah, Iron Man and Doctor Doom fighting yeah. symbiote Santa Claus, and now yeah, we got that one was like I was fighting sold symbiote dragons. Like, yeah, this is this is it. what I want out of my out of my tie-in books. You know, yeah. like come on, it's a little goofy, a little fun. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Um, yeah. So DC has finally announced what Future State is and uh, what can, we can expect from it. Future State will be a two-month event, much like Convergence. Where all DC ongoing books will be kit. There wasn't a skip in the podcast. I actually took a long pause there and looked begrudgingly at the at the camera. Um, all ongoing books will be canceled or replaced with new limited series and one shot books. After the event, we currently have no idea what the slate of DC books will look like, though I'm sure in the coming months we're going to find out. So here we have a list of the upcoming series. Um, I think what I'm going to do is maybe do like I don't know two or three at a time, and then we can talk about, like, if we, we think we're going to be excited or something. Okay. Um, or we can just do one at a time. Batman Superman by G. Luen Yang and Ben Oliver. I mean, Batman Superman. I'm reading that book now. I want to read it in, in this event. Yeah, and I, I always check a Batman Superman team-up book. Yeah. There's something about that idea I like, so I'll, I'll probably check that one out. Uh, Catwoman by Ram V and Otto Schmidt. Uh, Ram V, I, the stuff that has been coming out from him hasn't been bad, so... Yeah, he seems to be a quality writer. Yeah, you can't get me to read Catman. No, Catman, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'll read that. I, I don't know. This is Catwoman. I, she's a thief. Harley Quinn by Stephanie Phillips <laughs> and Simone DeMeo. I will say this, Stephanie Phillips. I'm going to read a Harley Quinn book. Yeah, just for her. I, yeah. I, you know, shout out to Stephanie Phillips. She got two issues, you know, and I'm, I'm excited for this Harley Quinn book. I said it. It feels I, like I got it off my chest and I did it on air. It's recorded. I'm going to get this book and Stephanie Phillips, please. I got, I got to read it. And, uh, I know you're going to do it justice. That's why I got to read it. I mean, so, yeah, I'll get it. I've gotten everything she's done for DC. Yeah. Um, and yeah like dude i remember i think it was actually a con that like you couldn't make it to yeah i remember correctly but i met her at a local con and she was like she had just come out with this book about a women's hockey league and was pushing it oh yeah and you know we had you know we had an interview and we talked afterwards and you know we have some of a relationship in terms of like a friendship not a relationship i shouldn't said that but um, (laughs) but like and since then she's grown to this like 
it, I'm not going to be surprised when I find out she's doing an ongoing DC book. Like yeah. it's, it's happening. She's doing Superman right now in the digital first. Now she's right. doing Harley Quinn. Yeah. It's coming. And Harley I'm Quinn's a popular character. I mean, as much as I, I wouldn't read it, but like good for her. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, the next few, I mean, we got Nightwing, Andrew Constant and Nicholas Scott, not a huge Nightwing fan, but I'm sure there's a lot out there. There's plenty. I'm not them. Yeah. So. Uh, Robin eternal, by Megan Fitzmartin and Eddie Burrows. Eh. I have to hear more about this before yeah, I can commit to I, it. I don't really know what I'm committing to. Uh, the next couple are weird. Future State, the next Batman, one through four. Don't know. Well, this is the one by... Actually, I double put it, but this is the one by John oh, yeah. Ridley and all them. Oh, yeah. the ne- Yeah, sorry. This is the next Batman. John Ridley, Nick Darrington, Laura Braga... Um. Yeah, the next Batman. What does that mean? That's the. I think it's the Lucius Fox Batman. Oh, okay. Because the thing, real quick, to interject on all this, a lot of these to me, I will never get the true answer on this, but I feel like a lot of these books were supposed to be five G, mm-hmm. and they're just like, well, we're going to do this future state thing instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already got stuff for that five G. Why don't we just finish them up? Yeah, right. it would shock me if that's what's going on here, and I think that's what this next Batman is. Is uh, cool. crap. Um, Outsiders, Brandon Thomas, uh, Sumit Kumar. I don't think there's a huge following for Outsiders. Uh, they always seem to get a book, though. Yeah, so there's got to be book. somebody. Wasn't like uh, there was a recent one too. Wasn't Gail Simone on Outsiders or something? And I don't know. Um, Arkham Knights by Paul Jenkins, Jack Herbert. Arkham Knights, yeah. I want to hear a little bit more, but I like Paul Jenkins, so yep, I'll probably sure. check this one out. Uh, Batgirls by Vita Ayala and An- Aneke. Uh, interesting. Probably won't read that one, but still cool if you're into the Bat family. Um, Gotham City Sirens, Paul Seven Sevenbergen, and Emmanuel Lupacino. Um, Gotham City Sirens, if you're a fan of that, you know, that's your thing. And actually, I'll, let me interject again. A lot—that's the other thing—is these books are all like future stories, right? So you know, it's got—I don't know for sure because they haven't said a lot about all of the books. But Gotham City Sirens, it might not be the ones we know too. Mm-hmm. Like when we get to the next book, I know a lot about this one. And I'm kind of uh, excited. Yeah, Dark Detective by Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, so this is the one where Bruce Wayne is no longer Batman. Mm-hmm. But this is the Bruce Wayne book. So this is going to be him as his new alter ego, which is just Batman under a different name. Um, the Dark Detective. <laughs> Dark Detective, yeah. Um, and it seems interesting, so I might check this one out. Uh, Grifters, which is weird. I mean, this is like, they always try to get a fan for Grifter. And uh, this is Matt Rosenberg, though, and uh, Carmen DGN. Domenico. Um, yeah, I mean, Matt Rosenberg writing it. Gotta be good. I'm like a lot. I kind of like Grifter. <laughs> you like Grifter? Okay. Yeah, All I right. read the new... I didn't... Okay, I'm a, a pseudo-fan of Grifter, because I read the new 52 Grifter when that happened. Yeah. And I kind of like that series, so I might check this one out. Um, Red Hood, Josh Williamson, uh, Gianni's... Mm, <sighs> 
Milo Giannis. I I'm sorry if I butchered that one, but uh, they they definitely went to uh, uh, Italy to get some artists. In this yeah, um, <laughs> Josh Williamson doing Red Hood, so I'm sure that that's going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, we know Josh Williamson's a good writer. Superman of Metropolis, Sean Lewis, John Timms, interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd have to hear more about it, but we'll see. The Guardian, Sean Lewis, Pelly Hamner. I don't know if the Guardian is a strong enough character, honestly. Yeah, I'm not interested. They're really pulling some random characters. It's very interesting to me. Um, the Guardian, Sean. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, Mr. Miracle, Brandon Easton, uh, Valentine Delandro. Mr. Miracle's always. I mean, I'll probably check that one out just because I love me some new god stuff. Superman Worlds of War by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Mikhail Yanin. I will pick uh, that up because I'm yeah. supporting Phil Kenny Johnson. Anything and he does. Worlds of War. Yeah. Interesting. Multiple worlds. Not multiverse. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it's just galactic war. I don't know. Uh, Midnighter. Becky Cloonan. Uh, Michael W. Conrad and Gleb Mel Mel Melnikov. Um, Midnighter. Cool character. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, Black. They're doing, yeah. they're doing a lot of uh, Wildstorm stuff in this too. Yeah. Black Racer, Jeremy Adams, Sia Ohm. Black Racer is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, once again, I'd hear more, but. Yeah. Uh, this is a double, isn't it? Yeah. We already yep. did Miss um, Immortal Wonder Woman, Becky Cloonan, Michael W. Conrad, Jen Bartel. So I wonder what Immortal Wonder Woman's all about. I think um, that's the. There's going to be a new Wonder Woman, and she's. Uh, Forgive me if I'm wrong, anybody out there. I think she's a Latino woman. Oh, okay. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, Becky Cloonan's a fantastic writer. Yep. Uh, Nubia by L.L. McKinney, Aletha E. Martinez, and Mark Morales. No clue. House of L by Phil Kennedy Johnson and Scott Godlewski. It's a one-shot. It's going to be on sale February. I mean, Phil Kennedy Johnson's a great writer, so I'll probably check that one out. Uh, Cara Zorel, Superwoman, by Margaret Bennett and Marguerite Savage. Sounds, I mean, Margaret Bennett's a great writer, so I might check that one out. Legion of Superheroes, of course, Brian Michael Bendis and Riley Rossmo doing that. I'm going to have to check that out because I'm reading Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, and he's not letting anybody else touch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Superman slash Wonder Woman by Dan Waters and Lila DeLuca. That's DeLuca. That's Del Duca. Sorry. That's pretty interesting. So I believe the last time we saw a Superman Wonder Woman cross book. Yeah. Was when they were like dating in New 52. Right. Yes, everybody. That happened. Yeah. Right. That happened. But that's interesting that they're pairing those two up again. Um, Superman versus Imperious Rex by Mark Russell, Steve Pugh, three issues ending in March 2021. You said you had me at Mark Russell. Yeah. Come on. Uh, One Woman by uh, Joelle Jones. Okay. Have you, did you read the her Catwoman when it like spun out of Tom King's Batman? I read the first issue and it didn't really grab me. Just because okay. I, I, the issue was the the issue I had with the issue was it was Catwoman. Yeah, her because her art's fantastic. Oh yeah, so it's I'm great. The kind of interested in that just to see her art and something that I might enjoy. Yeah, I love Wonder Woman, so I I think that's a character that I'll definitely read. Uh, Justice League by Josh Williamson, Robson Roca. Yep, I took that out. Justice League Dark, okay, by Ram B, um, Marquio Takara. Yeah, 
I mean, I have, we haven't seen Justice League Dark in a while. Uh, Green Lantern is Last Lanterns by Jeffrey Thorne and Tom Rainey. Interesting. Maybe just the, the, well, I don't know if the, the core is you know burned out and we just have a few lanterns left or something. Uh, Tales of the Green Lantern Corps by Josie Campbell, Ryan uh, Katie, Ernie Altbacher, Sam, Sammy Bassery, Clayton Henry. So, uh, yeah, Tales of the Green I, Lantern Corps. I'll probably pick this one up because I want to support the idea of doing more Tales of the Green Lantern Corps books. Right. Because I like those old ones that are just like one-shot stories right. of yeah. random lanterns. And that's what you talked about with Alan Moore back in the day. So Yeah, some of his best work is on that. So, yep. in my uh, opinion. Suicide Squad by Robbie Thompson and uh, Yavi Fernandez. I'm going to read Suicide Squad. Uh, Black Adam by Jeremy Adams, Fernando Pissarin. A Black Adam book? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm kind of interested. I'm a little interested in it. I'm not all the way there, but yeah. I might be picking that one up. Uh, Aquaman by Brian Thomas and Daniel Sempier. I'll be picking this one up. It's yep. if anyone's reading the recent Aquaman, or if anyone's not reading the recent Aquaman, um, him and Mara have had a, a daughter, mm-hmm. and she's a baby now. Currently, this is her in the future when she becomes Aquaman. So I'll pick this up because I'm an Aquaman fanatic. Uh, the Flash by Brandon Vietti and Dale Eaglesham. I'm interested to see an- another writer on The Flash. So I'm grabbing this just because I want to see Dale Eaglesham pick up Flash. Art. Oh yeah. Uh, Teen Titans, Tim Sheridan, Rafa Sandoval. Uh, Anyone have, that's... Oh, go ahead. We don't have a, a really a Teen Titans book going on right now. We do. Um, uh, was it ending? It's Did ending think- soon, yeah. yes. Uh, but this one, everyone's freaking out because anyone that's a fan of the Teen Titans cartoon, not Teen mm-hmm. Titans Go, just Teen Titans, they're introducing Red X as a character in this. Uh, so. Ooh, awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Shazam by Tim Sheridan, Eduardo Pansica. Awesome. Shazam. Give me more Shazam. Yeah, I'll pick up Shazam because I want to support there being more Shazam. Yep. And Swamp Thing by Ram V and Mike Perkins. Yes. This is supposed to be like Swamp Thing at the end of the, the world. Oh, God. If I'm rem- if I'm remembering what I wrote read correctly, and if that's what it is, yes, I'm buying this book a yes. thousand. And Mike Perkins is a great artist. So. Oh yeah, and I I and I love I need more Swamp Thing all the time. I mean, I just you know the last good iteration we had was uh, the Scott Snyder stuff, and then yeah. and that kind of came became popular after it was finished. You know. Yeah, and I I like I really like that uh the digital first one they did with Mark Russell. But it's just those digital firsts are good, but they're just like different enough where they don't hit that same itch. Right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm down. They need to bring Swamp Thing back as a regular book. There's still some cool there's some cool things that I think deserve to come back and then there's some stuff that doesn't like The Guardian that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but hopefully the next couple of weeks or so, we get more of an understanding of what's going to happen. Yeah, um, they said that like all of this is it's not all in the same year or the same time. Like it, people are allowed to pick sections of the future and tell a story, okay. which is an interesting way to do this. And I, we're going to get some cool stories out of it. I think it's very telling 
Mm-hmm. And uh, this is not a, a slight on any of the writers here, but it's very telling that we don't have the main DC art and writing teams on any of these books. Right. Yeah. And I'm actually more interested in what comes out of this than the books themselves, personally. Although some of the books do sound cool. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too. A lot of artists I've never heard of and stuff like that. So, Yeah, and I mean, there's some big name writers. Right, there are. And there's even yeah. some big name artists in there too. But I'm just yep. saying, for the most part, you don't see the big names on mm-hmm. any of these books. Yep. Like, uh, we're about to talk about the books that we read this week. And Justice Year Zero, number eight, Tom Taylor. That's one of the big names for Tom. Because, like, you know, we talked about Suicide Squad being canceled. And I was wondering why, because it was such a great run with Tom Taylor that now we have another Suicide Squad book. And lo and behold, Tom Taylor's name isn't anywhere to be found. So That's interesting. Um, and Justice Year Zero, number eight, I'm still really enjoying this. And I have downloaded, like, the Omnibus. I bought the Omnibus on Comixology of injustice so i'm actually gonna go back and read all that um harley breaks ivy out of arkham because she's kind of like uh done with the joker ivy threatens joker to leave her alone she goes to joker she's like listen you gotta stop her uh abusing harley and then uh her and harley take a trip to vegas and they decide to elope so that was the issue um not bad not you know, not enough, uh, not enough uh, justice society in it for me, but uh, I'm still gonna read it because it's Tom Taylor. Before we go any further, everybody, uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal number four came out. We'll talk about that at the end of the show after we do all the plugs, so we can go full spoilers on it. Okay. Uh, Rorschach number one um, is Tom King, Jorge Fornes. You read this? I did. Uh, in- interesting. Um, I'll just say, you know, it starts off with a, a Rorschach and an accomplice killed at a campaign speech event for uh, Redford for president. Of the year is 2021. Um, the the person who was the body that was discovered, I should say, wasn't able to be detected within, you know, the, the criminal justice system at all. The prince didn't match anybody. Um Come to find out, he's tied to a guy who created uh, a hero for the mo- like movies now. I can't remember the name of the hero. Uh, but it was like an artist that had created this like pirate hero. Um, and he's like a... Yeah. I can't remember the name. But anyways, and, and like that's who they thought it was. Like this animation person that went into hiding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, come to find out... The uh, they looked into the original time, the original Rorschach that was uh, arrested back in the eighties, and the the prince matched that Rorschach, and I guess they didn't pop up because obviously everybody has said he's dead. So, um, I don't know. I, I mean, this. I mean, the first issue we're here to establish that like there's a Rorschach that died, and the one that died in the original Watchmen might not be dead, or there's something going on there. Right, I mean that was the main takeaway here. Yeah, it was. It was an okay first issue. Um, yeah. I'll still give it a shot because I just I love Watchmen stuff, so I'll keep reading it. But yeah, it was a it was very confusing. But it's it's a who done it and who is it kind yep. of book, so it makes sense that it's very confusing. Yeah. Um, 
Green Lantern, Season 2, Issue 8, talk about really confusing. I'm almost just, like, I was more annoyed than I was with, like, enjoying reading the book. I will say, you know, uh, the art is amazing. Uh, Liam Sharp's art. Uh, the Lanterns go to the antimatter or, uh, world, the anti-universe, to, to take the fight to the Weaponeer. Basically, the champions of the antimatter universe are called Weaponeers. Um, and... When you're in the antimatter universe, you have to read everybody's dialogue backwards, which is what I was really annoyed with. Also, Grant Morrison sets up the issue like, okay, an issue starts like, this is an event. The next page is like 30 minutes before, and then the next page is like two hours before, the next page is like 15 minutes before. So I, I, I understand what he's, I think he's trying to like get you like in that mindset of like, this is how you, this is how you normally process, this is not how you normally process or read a comic book, maybe. Um, it's just a little annoying for me, just how slow I had to like process the info. But what I got out of it was uh, Sinestro and the Weaponeer six six six. That's his name, like the main the main antimatter Weaponeer we'll be talking about um, and following in this series. Him and Sinestro have a have a relationship, like a you know lo- they love each other. They've said they loved each other. Uh, the Lanterns have taken the fight to them. Um, and you know how Jordan and Weaponier have had these conversations, but basically, the by the end of the issue, the Weaponier resolves that like you know he's had conversations with Sinestro of like you know our love should you know shouldn't matter blah 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 we should just and and the the heads of the Weaponiers are saying like oh we have to worry about Weaponier six 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 he's he's going to turn on us and then by the end of it the resolve is that Weaponier six 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 has made the decision to like stay with the antimatter universe and he's like. None of that matters. My love with Sinestro doesn't matter. Blah blah blah. We're just gonna, we're just gonna duke it out. I don't know. Unless there was a bigger story there, it just, it was just very strange to me. The way you talk about it reminds me of how I feel of like the Bizarro characters. Whenever they show up, I just kind of right. like groan. So I'm like, I don't like. I have to like read this three times to kind of yeah. understand the inflection and how they're talking backwards. <laughs> And then that coupled with the like weird Christopher Nolan treatment of time, <laughs> just, I don't know. I was just kind of annoyed. And then uh, I gotta read. I gotta talk about Batman uh, Death Metal. So we'll wait for that. Okay, quick. I'll go through last week's stuff. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man eight fifty, really great issue. End up finding out afterwards it's Otley's last issue on Spider-Man, which kind of mm. sucks. But. Uh, I say it's 850 in legacy numbering. It's actually issue 49. But, you know, Spider-Man, Norman, duke it out and fight the Sin Eater or whatever he's called. Uh, Champions Outlaw number one is all about the aftermath of Kamala's Law, which is the law that states that, like, basically kids can't be superheroes anymore. Mm. And them trying to fight against it and uh, do what they're doing. I always like Champions, so I check out anything that's Champions-related. Um, Justice League number 54, which was a death metal tie-in where the characters from Justice League Odyssey show up and they end up fighting alongside uh, Detective Chimp and Nightwing <laughs> trying to get to... And I can't remember, you didn't talk about it last week, so did you read this issue? Um... I, I, no, I must have missed it, I guess. I don't know. So, because there's a moment in there that I feel like you would have talked about nonstop, because one of the areas they go through, 
Well, so first they like they tell Lex like we don't need you anymore. Like just fuck off. You're Lex Luthor. You're gonna screw yeah. us. No, I must. Uh, I missed it. Yeah, I gotta catch up on that. Okay. And Lex is like, no, you really need my help. Like I want to help and blah blah blah. Right. And so they end up going through this uh, desert that's full of what looks like dead starros. Uh-huh. And there's this great two-page spread of just like out in the distance, it's just starros everywhere. Yeah. Okay. And they right. go through and they get caught in these mind traps and then. Lex shows up and saves them. She's like, I told you. Like, I would have told you to go around the Starros, but no, <laughs> nobody wanted to listen to me. Yep, yep. Um, it was a cool issue. I really liked it. Uh, Deceased Dead Planet number four. So they go they go back to um, New Genesis, and they talk to all the, the new gods. Oh, nice. And they're like, you guys need to help us. And then who shows up? Darkseid, but he's a zombie. It's awesome. Uh-huh. That's, that's pretty awesome. Um, we only find them when they're dead, number two. Uh, another really great issue, cool series. It just kind of each... This issue was the story of how each character in this um, ship went along with the plan. Uh, because at the end of the day, this plan to kind of go and find uh, live gods and harvest them is going to end up ruining all their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was kind of just an introspective of like how they all got to where they were, but I, I just I really like this uh, series so far. It's only two issues in, but I think it's a cool idea, and I'll continue with it. Cool. Uh, and then I had a uh, Kickstarter book show up from our dear friend Travis Gibb, Voodoo, Na- Voodoo Nation Number One. Nice. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was a cool story. Uh, I. Everything he talked about in the interview we did with him, it's an introspective on the ideas of Catholicism, or not necessarily Catholicism, but Christianity. And he intertwines that with this kind of voodoo magic, and it's and the art's really great, too. So anybody, anybody out there that didn't go for the Kickstarter, check out Voodoo Nations. It's really cool. Now into this week's book. I'll be quick. <laughs> Captain America number 24. Um, I actually have good things to say, because... He finally brought back. He brought back Sharon last issue and made her young again. Mm-hmm. So we get the relationship between Sharon and Steve for the first time in That's a long cool. time, yeah. and I love that relationship. On top of that, he's trying to bring back Red Skull. So it's like that issue a while back when he brought in a, a U.S. agent, where it's like mm-hmm. you give me the things I want. Right. Let's see if you take them away from me in two issues. Uh, Avengers number 37 was just the end of the Age of Conchu story. The big thing here is, is now the Phoenix Force is on Earth. And somehow it's all connected to what happened with Conchu and the Moon God and uh, Hell. And how Hell is somehow going to try to take over the Earth and all this weird, crazy stuff. But I love it. It's a lot of fun. Marvel Zombies Resurrection number three is another good issue. We get down to the the hive where Galactus is and all the zombified heroes. Mm-hmm. And there's something going on with uh, Franklin that we don't know about yet because Franklin has lost his powers. Excuse me. But he's survived zombie bites. So he's like the... the somehow he is immune to this and we don't know how, but they've got him cornered and I'm sure the ne- next issue is the last issue. So we'll find out. Um, Superman number 26 was Superman fighting that new villain. And oh. there's also, there was a cool r- revelation here where he's protected the daily planet mm-hmm. by 
building this fort uh, field around it where if anything comes close to the daily planet that's going to destroy it, it automatically turns on a phantom zone projector. It just sends okay. them to the phantom zone. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's really <laughs> that's, cool. That is awesome. Um, and then my last one before Death Metal is Commanders in Crisis, which is the Steve Orlando image book, uh, which is it's a superhero event book without the big two was kind of the premise. Mm-hmm. And the idea here is we have a, a bunch of superheroes who have different powers and we end up finding out that they're they're people from different versions of our Earth throughout the multiverse. And what they end up being is fairly interesting and i don't really want to give that away mm-hmm. but all of their universes have been destroyed and they had to come they came to our earth to escape and now they see that same multiverse energy coming to our earth and they feel like they're the only ones that could save it and it has to do there is a political black backdrop of like divisive nature and all this and mm-hmm. how like Whatever this multiverse uh, energy is, it feeds off of the divisive nature of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, it's a well-written issue. It's kind of interesting. I I liked it enough where I'm going to try out issue two. Okay. I want to see where the overall premise is going because the overall premise is kind of shaky. Mm. But uh, it's definitely interesting. Cool. So, Mike, where can people find you on that internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? Well, you can find me at uh, Fortress Chris on Twitter and chrisrunt.com. That's C H R S R U N D T.com. Uh, and the show you can find at fortressofcomicnews.com. Everything's there, all of our handy dandy uh, links and our store and all that fun stuff is right there. Remember, everybody, if you are listening to our voices, to give us a five star review on whatever podcatcher you are using. And if you're watching us, to like, subscribe, share, and comment down below. And if you want to go the extra mile, there's always patreon.com slash fortress of comic news. So to everybody that is not sticking around for the death metal spoilers, we'll see you next week. Bye. Let's talk some death metal. Yeah, pretty crazy issue. Um, it's like the Empire Strikes Back of issues. Uh, for First, it was really just nice to have a numbered issue. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I feel like I read so much death metal and I was like, "Wow, this is only number four. Um, just so we got Batman and Crisis on Infinite Earths, we got Superman and Final Crisis, and we have Wonder Woman and Infinite Crisis. Yeah. Um, Batman is in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths with some type of anti-monitor sun or something like that. Uh, yeah. Some it well says I'm the real Mobius. Real Mobius. Whatever that means. I'm not yeah. the big DC guy, so I don't know what uh, that means. So the Mobius chair. I don't, uh, yeah, and, and then you have Superman Final Crisis, where he's got this crazy-looking doomsday with, like, tusks and other versions of Superman that he's enslaved, and he wants to make Superman a minion, like, put him in an apocalypse pit, and, like, it's pretty awesome, because uh, yeah. Red Sun's there, uh, Kingdom Come's there. Yeah. That, that was pretty cool. So basically, Batman and Superman failed, though. Uh, they're, they're just getting their asses kicked. Wonder Woman is the only one that has a fighting chance, um, and and she's dealing with the uh, um, Superboy Prime or is it? I'm sorry, yeah, Superboy Prime. Yeah, it's him um, on Infinite Crisis. On Infinite Crisis, so she's trying to put him in a trance with all the other heroes, like put them within the the tower, and uh, 
and he tries to like, like she tries to convince him, like, oh, but you know what? Uh, what's happening with Perpetua is a lot worse, and all the multiverses are going to go away. Um, and then we we get the the other heroes. We got Flash, and the other Flashes are trying to still run with the Mobius chair. Yeah, real quick though, there's a moment in there where, and it's funny because it's all drawn drawn by Capullo, so it's it makes it even better. Where in Infinite Crisis, Superboy Prime's trying to preserve like the basically the Golden Age heroes, like the, yeah. the perfect versions of them. Yep. And he draws these panels that are just like Batman, Shazam, and a few other characters mm-hmm. in the Golden Age, basically. Yeah. And I love those panels. Oh, yeah. That's all it's, it's, it's really good stuff, for sure. Yeah. Um, Flash is still running away from the uh, the shadow things and the, the evil, um, you know, the Batman who laughs. The uh, runs really fast. Yeah, Barry runs really fast. The Harley team is still trying to get away from uh, the little Robin uh, king, and he like sticks a knife in the zombie, uh, the zombie Jonah Hex to like send him to hell, and like says that like he talks about Harley Quinn and how she's like a failure, and um, and I guess they get away though. They like Swamp Thing cl- collapses the cave and they get out. I think. Um, and then we get Wonder Woman finally convincing Superboy Prime. And, like, at the moment of, like, I thought Batman is already wiped out of existence and Superman was in the was in the pits. But, uh, lo and behold, they're back. Um, Wonder Woman convinces Superboy Prime and the Trinity makes it back to Earth. And uh, the Flash is like, well, we got the Mobius chair. And what what they did is the Mobius chair got brought straight to... Because they're still running from him. I don't know if they forgot, but when they bring the chair to him, it's like, well, he's going to probably just chase after you. Um, the Batman who laughs uh, has the Mobius chair now, and by the end of the issue, he says, I've created the last 52 universes. And that was a pretty awesome scene of, like, yeah. he's holding a multiverse, and he's so he's created his own new multiverse. So I'm guessing next issue we get glimpses of this new last multiverse. I think... Which got me really hyped for the next issue and what what's to come from that. Yeah, so he said something along the lines of, like, I've already gotten to the chair and I have it sending all the energy to me. So all of the, like, crisis energy they were saving mm-hmm. for Wally is, yeah, now in him. Yep. And I'm pretty sure, I'm, like, 80% sure that there's actually a book called Dark Knight's Death Metal, The Last 52. So I think uh... we're one shot with that as well. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm excited to see what's what's going on there. You know, it was a great issue. I mean, they, yeah, they, they definitely Empire Strike backed us like twice in this book. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a moment where I'm just like, well, Batman doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, uh, what's what? Uh, did they die? What? I'm like, they just pulled them out of existence, or you yeah. know, erased them from existence. So. Very interesting, but good issue. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was really good. I'm excited to, for more, which is what I want out of an event book. You know? That's what it should be, right? Yep. But uh, Well, thanks for everybody for sticking around for the spoiler-filled discussion, and uh, yeah. we'll see you next time. See you next week, everybody. Cool. Yeah.